0: Hi guys, I'm McGann, and welcome back to another episode of There I Read It, a person in their 30s going through the Harry Potter book for the first time ever. And if you think my goal here is to just regurgitate what you already believe, whether I think it's accurate or not, you are sadly mistaken. And I would like to clarify a few things for a minute because I have just posted episode two of There I Read It and it's like very interesting i guess how the feedback is getting i mean overall i expected people to not necessarily agree with me that the dursleys have their own side and their own perspective of things but it's it's almost insane how ingrained people are that the Dursleys have to be bad, there's no excuse, there's no reason, there's no justification, they're just evil for the sake of being evil. Um, I don't agree with that and I think that's a really shallow, poor way to look at any work. If you really hate what I am saying and what my personal thoughts are on these different chapters, you have full autonomy over yourself. You don't have to be here. And if somebody is holding you down and forcing you to watch, well, Call the police. I mean, some people really need to keep in mind I'm not just reading this chapter by chapter when I record, but I'm reading this as an adult. I'm not eight years old just discovering Harry Potter and seeing everything through the lens of a little kid. I'm seeing it as an adult. And I'm an adult who has also been a foster parent and seen such vile things done to children that no, not getting seconds and thirds and fourths at dinner is not something I would consider child abuse. I mean, so many people seem to want the Dursleys to be evil, just for the sake of being evil, and nobody is like that. Everybody has a background, everybody has a motive, and quite frankly the Dursleys seem like they've been threatened, manipulated, put under a spell, whatever, to be forced to keep Harry, so of course that's gonna have negative repercussions on that kid's life. But hey, you know what? The book series is still young, maybe by book two, three, eight, seven, eight? How many are there now? Jeez. But you know what, maybe in the next book they'll change my mind and I'll agree with all of you, uh, who knows. But uh, on to this chapter, I believe it is called The Midnight Duel, yes. This is where the new kids at Gryffindor and Slytherin have their first flying lesson together. And Harry is very natural at it, but Malfoy's really good too, and they end up in this whole like little and ultimately Malfoy challenges Harry to a wizarding duel, and Harry ends up as the seeker on the Quidditch team. But then of course Harry goes to show up for this duel like hey, you ain't gonna stop me, I'm gonna beat you down now I'm Superman. But it was all a ruse from Malfoy's part to try and get Filch to catch Harry out of his room at night. So onto my notes. Harry says that he hates Draco Malfoy more than he hates Dudley, so that that's interesting how quickly that shifted for him. And again, to trudge up this whole issue of Dudley being abusive to Harry, how many of you have siblings that can say you've never fought with them, never, you know, scratched, punched, hit, kicked your siblings? Because I have three kids and that's all they seem to do some days is just fight with each other no matter what. And it's not like, oh, there's a clear right and a clear wrong, it's always over the most whatever, until you as the parent are like, you know what? Just sort it out yourselves. I'm not gonna come and, and fight every battle in between you guys. And that's very much how i see the situation between dudley and harry they never describe harry as having broken bones or bruises or having any severe abuse from dudley it's always like this petty sibling rivalry type of thing but then enter malfoy who is a lot more calculating with how he behaves so he's uh he's not dudley where dudley would maybe punch harry and then cry like but draco is more like I see exactly how I can manipulate this situation in my favor and make you look bad. Uh, Now Harry's learned that maybe there are worse things than the Dursleys. Uh, Then they have flying lessons that are about to start, with Gryffindor and Slytherin paired together, already said that. Dean Thomas comes up again, and they talk about how he really loves soccer, whereas everybody else is so into Quidditch. And it makes me wonder if Dean Thomas is from a Muggle family. I don't think they've clarified who's who yet. Not even sure if they've mentioned Hermione's background at this point. It's mentioned that Malfoy has an eagle owl, which is... I don't even know what that looks like. Let me find a picture. Oh, okay, yeah, I've seen owls like that before. They do look a little bit more intimidating than a snow owl, but, uh, alright, it's a pretty basic normal owl for a basic normal wizard boy. Neville's grandmother ends up sending him a Remembrall, which turns red if you forget something, and of course it immediately turns red. Neville has no idea what he's forgotten. Then Madam Hooch teaches flying or brooms. I'm not really clear on what this class is called. And from her description, she matches a lot of the phys ed teachers I've had over the years. Oh, and then poor Neville. Neville has my whole heart at this point. I'm sorry if there's any Neville haters out there, but that's, that's where I am. He gets like overly nervous and he tries to jump off with his broom too high. He loses control, falls like 20 feet out of the sky and breaks his arm. I even drew a little, I even drew a little crying face for my poor Nevzy. And while my poor Neville baby is off with Madame Hooch to get his arm fixed up, Malfoy finds his rememberall on the ground and he just like snatches it and takes off up into the sky with it. And so Harry decides, well I'm not gonna stand for this injustice and goes to get it back to which he realizes he's really good at flying. And the boys kind of bicker back and forth in that kind of middle school taunting each other way and then malfoy drops the remember all. harry dives like 50 feet i think they said to get it and out of nowhere professor mcgonagall did i say it right <laughs> professor McGonagall just shows up and was like oh my god mr potter you're crazy and she tells harry follow me right now and harry's just like oh my gosh, Madam Hooch warned us, I'm about to get expelled. Oh, what have I done? I haven't even lasted two weeks here before I get expelled. Oh no, oh no, oh no. And in his head, Harry is so dreading getting kicked out that he's like, maybe they could let me be Hagrid's assistant cause he got expelled too. But it turns out that Professor McGarnagal was looking for Oliver Wood, who was in somebody's class, I think Mr. Flint Flintwick, was that right? I didn't write that part down. But McGarnagle pulls Oliver Wood out of class, and he's the captain of the Gryffindor Quidditch team, and she's like, I found you a seeker, bro! And the description of what Harry did, they said, quote, Charlie Weasley couldn't have done it. So apparently one of Ron's brothers was a superstar in Quidditch, and Oliver Wood talks about they would have to get Harry a Nimbus 2000 or a Clean Sweep 7, which caught my eye because I have not yet heard of the Clean Sweep brand, so the fact that there are different brands of brooms is interesting. And Harry learns that his father James was a Quidditch player, and apparently a pretty good one uh fred and george weasley are also on the quidditch team they're beaters i'm not really clear what that is yet i mean i've seen the first movie a few times but most of them it's been years and years So all that Quidditch stuff is kind of wibbly wobbly in there. And then the whole duel challenge comes up and, you know, I don't know why Harry's like, I've got so much to prove to these people, but for no reason, with no threat of danger, at most threat of a little bit of embarrassment, Harry accepts Malfoy's duel, which is supposed to be at midnight in the trophy room. And while Ron and Harry are sneaking out, Hermione catches them and she's like, what do you think you're doing? Oh, you're being so selfish, you know, you're going to hurt. Gryffindor and lose us points and I can't believe you'd be like that. You know, things that are completely accurate. But everybody seems so put out by Hermione and maybe it's because she's a know-it-all or maybe it's because she don't quit. But I don't know, I kind of see Hermione like a little paradox from Steven Universe where she's just always got something to chime in. But even her mere presence around the boys, especially Ron, is just like, oh. And I don't know, it kind of makes me wonder if Ron is one of those elitist snobs who does not like people who are not full-blooded wizards in his uh, school. I mean, sincerely, if Harry had been born in a different year, like Ron is so impressionable, I could see him falling under the spell of Malfoy. So instead of Crab and Goyle, it'd be Crab and Ron Weasley or something like that. But while sneaking around, they find Neville curled up outside of their dormitory area, just on the floor, and he said that Madame Pomfrey fixed his arm in about a minute but he didn't know the new password to get into the Gryffindor sleeping area so this poor kid nobody's bothered to look for him or find out where he is is curled up sleeping on the floor like I mean how does he not break your heart he's so pathetic it's so cute and sad and I I think that makes a real difference for me between Neville and Harry because Neville has this sadness to him in a way that tugs at your heart because he doesn't really fight against it like he, he he almost has given up and he knows he can't. Harry, on the other hand, is very well aware that he's not getting what he feels he's entitled to, so he's sarcastic and dark-humored and angry about things, and I don't know. I, I've had enough angsty people in my life to fill my own seven set of giant novels, so it just it, it doesn't click with me. I love Bolin, not Mako. But now, instead of this duel being just Ron and Harry sneaking out, there's Hermione behind them going, Hey, right, right, Shouldn't be here. And Neville, like, oh, thank goodness somebody came to rescue me. And Ron gets so irritated that he threatens Hermione and Neville with the curse of the bogeys. I don't know what that would mean. Would that be like a runny nose? I don't know what to make of that. But there's such a lack of explanation for what that means that I can't imagine that that wouldn't be a word that most people in England would recognize and understand. So if anybody wants to tell me what bogeys mean, then um yeah, feel free to do that. And like I said in my summary, they get to the trophy room, but it turns out that Malfoy had no intention of ever coming, he just tipped off Filch to be there and bust them. But instead of being busted, the kids open a lock and they get into this room that is surprised that third-door corridor that they weren't supposed to go in, and there's this giant three-headed dog there guarding something that's in a trap door. And of course Harry assumes probably rightfully so, that whatever is in that trapdoor is what was inside of that Gringotts vault. But overall, my impression for this chapter, I... It was almost a frustrating chapter, because here we have Neville... Who has my full heart and sympathy. And he's been injured and then nobody in his house bothers to look for him. So yeah, he's missing, but nobody cares enough to go find him. Wow. I mean, even if they didn't think that he was out of the hospital wing yet, wouldn't some of them have gone to go check on him, bring him flowers, you know, here's dinner. Any kind of show of human affection towards a fellow human being who has just had a severe injury? No, no, not worth your time. All right, well that's just another example of that wizard elitism then because of course neville is barely magic enough to be there so let's have a little discussion question here and let's let's take it back to Harry versus Malfoy. And of course, Malfoy has definitely got that sort of bully kid attitude, but it's also that kind of attitude where if you ignore him, his power goes away. Because, you know, he takes the Remembrall, not because he wants it, not because he's really gonna steal it, but just because it's agitating other people. And he gets off on your reaction to that, because that gives him power and control. So the way to vanquish that would be to say, like, Oh, who? Who's Malfoy? Never heard of that guy. Just totally ignore him. Ice him out and he will eventually either change his attitude or fizzle out. Either way, don't make him your problem. But it is really curious to me that after Harry complains that he's been bullied by Dudley for 10 years straight, he hasn't developed the slightest bit of skill set to handle Malfoy as a bully. And of course they do have different personalities and different ways of doing things, but still it all boils back to the same sort of bullying mentality of I'm here to upset you to feed my own soul. And surely Harry has had to ignore snide and snotty remarks from Dudley over the years. So it just, it strikes me as so weird that Malfoy bothers him this much. But okay, actually back to the question that I swear I'm gonna ask. Why does Harry have such a need to prove himself to people like Malfoy? It's almost like he snapped and he's like, oh, I'm not gonna take anything from anyone again because everybody knows I'm this famous wizard now. You know, that ego seems to have built up fast and hard and Harry does not seem to have any special connection with Neville. So it's weird that he would be so defensive over Malfoy doing something to Neville's things. And I get it from a kid's simple, hey, that's not right, I'm gonna stand up for justice kind of perspective there, but is that really the case? Is Harry trying to defend a non-friend? Or does Harry just want to prove that he's good enough to be there to somebody who doesn't really like him? I don't know, let's talk about it in the comments. And other than that, I will see you next time, guys. Thanks for watching. Well, family members, we're almost done but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter, and Instagram, as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, Megan, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current PO Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the Fanily and the Fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the Fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.